Todd Lout. So Todd, my husband, he's kind of cute. I'm so happy to be here at this church. <laughs> I just, I love what we just did. To me, that's church. I mean, that's what we should be doing, I think, you know. The the message is just a little part, <laughs> I think. The worship, I think, is the biggest part because that's, you know, that's God's favorite part going on in the realms of heaven, right? And... um and then for us to fellowship and look at each other and pray over each other is awesome. This is family. <laughs> uh, I want to pray over this room. Again, thank you, Holy Spirit. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to open our eyes, open our ears, not to what Todd has to say, but what you want to say and what you want to show us about ourselves God, and um, you, you always have a call to take us higher and higher and higher. And we say, yeah, we're coming up higher. We want to. Thank you, God. Do whatever it takes. <laughs> we love you. And God, I do. I ask for more healing in this room, for wisdom and revelation to happen, for your presence to just burn hearts with flaming fire, baptizing our hearts and our minds. Thank you, God. And I just thank you for transformation. Thank you, God. It's your heart. <laughs> well, I, I have to give a couple words first. I, and this is not expected, except it is expected in our atmosphere. But, um, <laughs> but uh, Brittany, I was sitting over there and I looked over at you. And I wish, I, I wanted to tell you how literal this is that I saw this. But, you know, we, we it... Uh, like a common word we like to give someone for encouragement, which is always the truth is you're a princess, you're a queen, you know? Um, but not only was I seeing that, but I look, this was totally unexpected. I wasn't looking for someone to give a word to or anything, but I was sitting over there. I glanced over your way and saw you <laughs> literally like with the scepter in your hand, big old crown and a garment on you. And uh, a white garment. The garment, though, had tears in it, but it was not ugly. It was humility. It wasn't like um, bad tears, you know. It was just humility. It was, it was that um, the garment was still perfect, but but the tears in it just showed that there was humility there, which it was, um, which was went hand in hand with this scepter in your hand. I want to pray over you right now. <laughs> Is that cool? Thank you, God. Thank you for her. I, I, I thank you, Jesus, for the plans that you have for Brittany. They are to prosper her and give her hope and a future, not to harm her. And I thank you, God, that you've set her up. She's Jesus's bride to be. She's Jesus's bride now. She is your daughter, a princess a queen, a princess all around, and I thank you for a mantle of royalty in her own mindset. 
in her own mindset all the time. And I thank you, Father, for that bright, shining garment that comes hand in hand with humility, which you love. <laughs> thank you for protecting her. Thank you, God. <laughs> uh, and then, um, and then I, I, then I got, was getting one more thing and I don't, I didn't see any face. All I knew it was over this way somewhere and it was a dude, but, uh, so I'm just going to say what I was feeling. Maybe, maybe, God, maybe it's for all you dudes. I don't know. I mean, it probably is, but, um, <laughs> and you ladies, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sappy hearts for Jesus. Sappy, sappy, gushy, honey hearts for Jesus. Like honey dripping down for Jesus. And I was thinking of how at our house today we had the Winnie the Pooh movie on. And no, we don't have little kids, but we like nostalgia. So <laughs> we had the newer Winnie the Pooh movie on at home today. And at the end, they brought Winnie the Pooh, this big old huge pot of honey that he, they were like, here you go, Winnie, the, you, you win the pot. But he dove into it and disappeared. Like he shut the lid and he was swimming around in it. Um, and it was just gushing down the sides. And I saw for, for you guys to don't ever be afraid of being like that gushy honey for, I don't know why I'm standing behind that big old, um, for Jesus, uh, and I know I've said this kind of thing up here many times about the men, but I so encourage you to let your hearts be like just sappy, um, romance with Jesus, romance with Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and you will be, um, and maybe there's someone over here who hasn't even stepped out in that yet. But when you do, goodness gracious, you're going to discover an intimacy with God that you only heard about before and now is yours. Uh, opening up realms for you. I'm getting dry mouth saying all that stuff. I... <laughs> Excuse me. Thanks. The prophetic, the prophetic is a really big deal. It is. This is none of this is what I was planning to say, but but at this uh, youth conference that we're having, young adult conference. Uh, pardon me. Thank you. Um, we're going to we're going to highlight the prophetic there. Uh, is it risky to do that? You know, especially in a big public thing. Of course it is, <laughs> because um, people associate it with you know New Age and whatever, um, and uh, Christians associate it with mistakes or flesh or whatever. All the more reason we're going to just dive into it because we know we know that this is a prophetic generation. We just know it taking this youth pastoring job here the night that I said, yeah, or that, that God was giving me pouring onto me visions about this youth group and telling me, yes, take this job. Uh, that's one of the many things I kept hearing in this hotel room. Um, God saying to me, this is a prophetic generation, prophetic generation, always teach the prophetic there, no matter what anybody thinks, <laughs> because we all are prophetic. I mean, we all are prophetic. We all hear the heart of the father do we make mistakes delivering it? Yeah, we do sometimes. We really do. Um, and that's why we practice, you know. Uh, and, and then God gives us a safe atmosphere like this one to practice in. Um, but I just encourage you all. I feel like I'm supposed to say this, to, to, to not be afraid of the prophetic. 
you know, and really spend a lot of time alone with God so that you're getting it right, you know, <laughs> alone with God and alone with the Bible and, and to exercise the prophetic all the time. I, I really just see you guys. I see our teenagers, um, and I see you guys simply walking out onto the street to go to work or whatever. And, and you're passing by people and, and gosh, just highlighting things all over the place. And once in a while, yes, you're supposed to just touch them on the shoulder and say, Hey, there's this, you know, it's going to transform somebody's day. And then you just go on to work boldness, boldness, but we're linked up to the one who is the one who knows everything. Anyway, I think he's going to give us a little bit more, uh, words tonight, but, um, so we have been diving into this family talk lately here. Is that okay with you guys? (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to like go in a quick direction about one of the, one of the reasons we're talking family so much right now. We we've had, um, and, and Brent, pastor Brent, he, he highlighted this as well, but I, I just want to reiterate this. We've had this amazing, amazing 11 year, 12 year, 11 year, um, uh, run so far of this atmosphere on Saturday nights where people come and drink like crazy and celebrate the truth. Um, and, and we've said, Hey, just come and go, you know, which is still the case, but, uh, it's, it's hitting us that, Oh, we need, we need some folks to really want to be family with us too, you know, uh, as far as just sticking around and pouring into us, you know? So, uh, you know, if you, if a family member came all the time just to get, grab some food and never, you know, helped you, um, clean up the dishes or whatever, after a while, you're going to sit down with them and go, Hey, you want to, want to be family? Really? You know, with me, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So this is one reason we're going in this direction and, um, and God, and mostly because God's really highlighting that for us. So we're, we're, we're bringing up some subject matters that have to do with family. And, um, this is the one that's been highlighted to me is I want to talk about offense. (laughs) And I know the last time I preached here, I, I, I dove into it just briefly in the other message that I had, but I just, I really want to, um, touch offense. But even before I I go into this, I, I want to say this too. Um, my gosh, my heart is to see us free from this stuff. And, and we hear messages and we, we like preaching and we hear messages. And sometimes we listen to our iPod and hear messages and, and then rush off to something. And a lot of times it doesn't stick. And, uh, and I'm, like that too. And part of it is just because, um, we're busy and it's hard to retain all the stuff we just heard. Uh, but I was thinking about all this, this message about offense. And I thought, God, I'm going to intercede this week to just pray that this really does something to us. I mean, that this, this really becomes like a sudden constant awareness in all of us here or anyone listening on the podcast that we would become a culture that's free from offense and see what happens. So again, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray about that. Holy Spirit, that, that you would speak to our hearts right now about your heart about offense and what it does and, um, and what we can be free from and how we can live on a higher plane of victory and that this would stick, stick, stick with us. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yeah.
Um, here's, here's one of the things that has really been sticking out to me with this. There is such a trend, uh, and a, a popular thing in our society right now to have offense as entertainment. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, if you've ever even just seen a commercial for housewives of Atlanta or something like that, um, or these shows where one dude is dating like 50 women trying to figure out which one, you know, uh, or any, any of these things, um, they, they hire, they hire people to be on these shows that they know are messed up and dramatic and all this kind of stuff and, and like to fight because offense is a huge entertainment for our society. Everybody just thrives on it, you know? And, um, and it's, it's gross. It's not good. It's really just gross. Uh, and, and that, that brings me to, you know, I'm immediately, um, brought to Romans 12, one and two. I'm just going to read it real quick here. Uh, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work. You're walking around life and place it before God as an offering, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't be so, don't become so well adjusted to your culture uh, or conform to the world's th- pattern um, that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. <laughs> I, I, that's the message. Um, but in the New King James, we're looking at the scripture here that says, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. I bring that up because that is a pattern of the world. And and as we all in here know, it's no not even a white elephant. There's a massive um, epidemic epidemic of um, of offense in the church. I mean, like crazy, you know, all over the place. It's group after group, individual after individual, belief over one word or something, after, you know, against another. And um, and I, I I see this, feel it, been a part of it, and I. I just keep thinking, oh my gosh, what if we stopped doing that? How many more people might get saved? Because <laughs> we started focusing on the lost instead of each other. Come on, come on. I challenge Blazing Fire Church to become like this light filled with people that don't get offended. <laughs> and, and honestly, some of your brains um, might be thinking, but that's impossible, really. You know, but it ain't impossible. It isn't because God is the one who doesn't like offense here. And he says, if you look at him and don't become like the world, he's going to make your heart right. He's going to show you things, bring you to another plane that you don't even know exists yet. Really? I mean, you, you kind of have head knowledge that there's something better out there, but until you get there, you, you know, you don't even realize the the tremendous thing it actually is. And then from there you can keep going up and up and up and up and up. There's so much cause he's endless. He's an ocean without a shore. Uh, so that's a challenge I just want to put in front of us to just not become conformed to the patterns of the world. We could be in it and not of it.
Um, this offense thing though is crazy. And, and, uh, I, I was praying about this and God was showing me a few, telling me a few things, uh, just about it that I believe was his perspective. Um, I shared with a few people that I was going to talk about this. And so naturally I got some of the jokes, including from my own self saying, uh, a fence, you know, like a fence, like a wood fence or a chain link fence. Hey, here, 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 but, <laughs> but, but then as I was kind of joking about that, all of a sudden Holy Spirit burst into my heart saying, actually, it really is a fence. And what it does is fences in your own giftings <laughs> and your ability to bless other people. It puts it in a fence. Yowza. <laughs> he, when I, when I hear these things and when, you know, he's telling me this, it's not so much that I'm hearing it to tell you. He was telling me this, you know, like just get that always, you know, keep that in mind. So now when I think about offense, uh, and of course, by the way, when you, when you prepare a little message like this, you have plenty of opportunities to practice what you preach. And that's, that has been the case. Um, but, but now I've got this cool visual. I keep, I keep picturing this fence around my heart or around my, my ability to actually be kind and bless you, you know, or my giftings that God's given me, which really aren't for me. They're for you. Right. And so if there's a fence around these things, you're, you're not going to be blessed by what I've got corralled in the fence until I'm done with the fence. Isn't that cool? I mean, it's icky, but it's cool, you know? <laughs> and then I heard this phrase too, which might offend someone, but, um, <laughs> along the same line, I just heard this. I was hearing the, the this old song that we sing. Um, but with different words, um, also on this theme, but it was, I've got a river of life that's dammed up inside of me <laughs> because the river of life comes from the father of life. And he, the purpose of a river is to flow, <laughs> you know, flow continuously flow. But when we've got the fence around it, it's, it's a dam also. And the river of life just cannot flow. I mean, if you, if you think I'm saying what I'm saying is not true, it, it just think about it for a minute. I mean, at least the person you're with offended with cannot receive ministry from you. Right. And you probably don't want to give it anyway. But also when we get offended and I'm telling you a couple of things here, you already know, but I'm just pointing out the truth here. When we get offended, it not only affects you and that person, but it affects your whole perspective on everything. So that river of life stops flowing a little bit more over here and over here. And sometimes if you just live a life of offense, then, <laughs> you know, and then you got your boxing gloves on and no matter what happens, you're just offended period, you know? And, um, it's, it, I mean, right now it's impossible not to offend somebody because we have a society of offended people. Probably somebody will listen to this podcast and be really offended by it. <laughs> and it's kind of funny, but it's true. I mean, it's, it's, it is unfortunately because we all need to just really, you know, look straight up, straight up and focus on the one who's not offended. Um, check out this Proverbs 18. This is harsh. <laughs> 
Well, this was one of those. And somebody um, up in the Oakland Hills had a huge oak tree that had a dead vine that had grown around it over the years. So it was way up in it. And the vine was um, causing problems for the tree, it's for the oak tree. So my job was to get that vine off the tree, which was like chipping rock off, you know. So I went to the job already thinking about my finances, already thinking about the fact that God moved us here, but sure hasn't helped us make life work yet, you know. And, um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and now here I am, it's hot today and I'm going to be up in this tree. So I do, I, I climb up in this tree. It's a really hot day. The, the bark is cutting my legs and my arms and there's spiders and bugs all up in my face. And, and every time I tried to chip away at this dead branch, you know, I was just about fall out of this tree and I was thinking and perhaps saying a couple words that were not um, youth pastor-like, you know. But that's okay. I wasn't a youth pastor at that point, so I was kidding. This is an embarrassing story, but I laugh at it too. Uh, So I'm up in that tree, and then I start thinking about that youth pastor. (laughs) I start going there, you know, and I'm thinking, I cannot believe it. I can't, you know, if only, you know, how dare he and how come he and why is he and I'm not and why, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and by the way, by the way, here's a sidebar. I had youth pastored many years ago when I was a lot younger, like 22, I think, uh, and loved it. It was awesome. And, um, and w- we moved away from California to Missouri, and that, that ended, and I thought that was it for me. I, I didn't actually have it in mind to youth pastor. I just thought, this guy needs to do a better job, and I'm up here in the tree, you know. <laughs> so, totally offended, totally offended. And I'm telling you, my whole world, it just, everything looked horrible to me. I wasn't thinking about how awesome my kids were, or Karina, or anything at that moment. Everything was just hot and bugs life like (laughs) hot and dusty and (laughs) you know and it seemed like there was no end do you know what i mean though when you 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 get in that mindset and all of a sudden you can't even remember the positive things you know it's a pit i mean it's, it's it's literally a pit offense itself is a pit that you can only see the walls of until you just climb out of it anyway up in the tree mad um but at least somewhere in my heart, I had it open enough that Holy Spirit was able to get through and just whisper something to me that I, that I could hear. And um, I love nature, and I love solitude, and I, I love, you know, going to the beach, and I love the forest and all these things. I, I just, you know, I, I love being alone with God in a tree. But I wasn't loving it at that point. But God, and so God, knowing that, said, look at where you're at. And for a second, I was, I went, I thought, what? And I hear him in my heart, look at where you're at. And it's, it's literally like a film came off of my eyes and I looked around and I thought, oh, I'm up in a tree in the Oakland Hills all alone with you. 
I love this. <laughs> Started thinking about Zacchaeus, you know. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, and I, I was still having a hard time, but I'll, it was starting to change because God's like, just look at your perspective. Just, I was in the same exact place I was a few seconds ago, but all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, I'm alone with God up in a tree in, in a pretty setting. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, and as I soaked that in, then the offense started looking like a big monster in front of my face, you know, that I was able to look at this way instead of where. Um, and then I hear God go, oh, I'm so glad that you're seeing this. Now pray blessings over that guy <laughs> and pray prosperity over him. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> did you ever see Ghost, the movie Ghost with Whoopi Gold? There, there's this scene where she had this huge check and, and like she's being told, you know, she can't keep it. She has to give it to a bunch of nuns and she's all, give it to the nuns, you know, and they're standing right there. They're like, hello, you know, <laughs> and she hands the check and, and yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> They're trying to grab it from her. She's all, <laughs> you know, that's how this prayer started off for, you know, to, to bless. The, and, and by the way, this, this was a friend. He was my friend too, but I just was mad. And, um, but so this was one of those things where I used my energy. I had to use everything I could to just be able to bless him. And as soon as I did, it just started flowing out of my mouth. Tongues came out of my mouth. I mean, I just, you know, I st and, and when I did this, oh my gosh, I just went into tears and a place of worship and I, I just started worshiping God and I'm chipping away at that vine, you know, now the vine seems like parts of me I wanted to get rid of and thank you, Jesus. And it's my old nature that was trying to hang on. I'm like, no, you ain't. And cause you don't even exist. And, you know, I mean, I, I was getting revelation, you know, <laughs> and, um, Oh, I started worshiping. And after a while, I totally forgot, you know, that I was, I, I had that moment of offense. Well, by the way, here we are years later. I didn't know I was going to youth pastor. I, I didn't, I hadn't heard of blazing fire yet. In fact, um, here we are, I'm doing that now. And, um, I sure didn't plan on it, but you know, in fact, I got offered the job and I had to really go into prayer about, do I receive this job or not? And, um, and that guy, um, has called me at times and said, man, you've changed so much. You're confident. Tell me what's going on. What's your secret? How do you get these kids to love God so much? I'm like, well, I don't, I don't get them to, I just believe in them, you know? And, um, I mean, things completely went, you know what I mean? But what if I'd never, started blessing him. What if I just carried a fence? I probably wouldn't be standing here right now. Seriously. You know, I, I would have got or taken a huge detour because it just does that. It just does that. But I'm thinking it's a cool story, but what if I never even entered into that at all? I, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad for the lesson, but what if we all right now just started switching over to, to just every time we get an offense comes flying up in our face, we turn it right into a blessing instead. 
right into a blessing. Even though that person does this thing for real all the time and I cannot foresee that they're going to get better and they're always offending me, you know? Didn't that happen to Jesus too? (laughs) Right? Um, (laughs) I'm going to tell another story, but, uh, but I'll, uh, (laughs) um, I wrote this little note here. Many times offense is a two headed monster with jealousy, like me offense and jealousy and like it's like it's more than one head, you know, and it's fighting with itself. Um, for where jealousy and selfish ambition, this is James three sixteen, by the way, where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. And that sounds like a, like a harsh script or two on this, but this is true. When we are operating in offense, we become vile. We just do. It's true. <laughs> we get, we get nasty. We, we tear down brothers and sisters and it, it, it becomes this two headed monster thing. And yes, we get, we get offended because of jealousy at times. Would we call it that at the time? Heck no. I ain't jealous of you. Really? I, <laughs> that's often a root of, of offense, you know? Um, and I'm going to read this too. I, I wrote this note also. Offense will also cause us to become a troublemaker. Proverbs 6, <laughs> verse 16. Uh, the, the six things the Lord hates, indeed seven, are ab- an abomination to him. I'm reading the Bible here, by the way. So don't get offended with me. This is actually the Bible. <laughs> Uh, and here's the list proud look the spirit that ma- this is the amplified. I think the spirit that makes one, um, uh, overestimate himself and underestimate others. Yikes. A lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that manufactures wicked thoughts and plans feet that are swift and running to evil. A false witness who breathes out lies, even under oath, and sows discord among uh, his brethren. In another version, it actually says an, an offense with, with his brethren. Um, and that's the last one it lists, by the way, and it says, yea, even seven. <laughs> so, I don't know. I feel like there's an emphasis on that one, you know, on this offense thing. Uh Here's a, here's another funny story. I'm just trying to make some comedy happen here, you know, cause this is a heavy subject, but, um, uh, uh, another, this is actually around the same type of time that I just previously told you about. Um, we got, we, we lived in Missouri for, we, we lived in California. We moved to Missouri, lived there for several years, had fun jobs. We were in, in, in shows. We were in singing and dancing with Andy Williams in case you didn't know that it was fun. And um, do you guys know who Andy Williams is? Moon River. The theater we worked in was called Moon River Theater. It's in Branson, Missouri. You can check it out. Uh, <laughs> um, 
And then we moved to Texas for a brief time, working for Kenneth Copeland there. And, um, and then God, God moved us back with a very plain vision about moving back to California. And, um, and, but when we did, it was rough going for quite a while. And, uh, and, and we, um, I mean, our credit just went down the tubes. We even had something bad happen to our credit that's still on there, um, where we were trying to get it, you know, worked up, you know, to a, um, submitted to a credit counseling place. Huh? Consolidating. Thank you, honey. She love. she helps me with my consolidating my words, my thoughts, uh, a Christian company too, that was helping us. And we were paying those for a couple of years. And then that company just went and everything went splatter. And I didn't even know it, you know? So that left a, a long time mark. So I was offended over that. And, um, and just over the fact that, that I, we couldn't have a new car. Why have I had seven or eight or nine or 10 of people's hand-me-downs that don't even work? One dude, I mean, and these people are blessing me, by the way, you know, one dude, um, Mark from our old church, uh, he, he's with Jesus in heaven now, but, um, he gave us a, an old fishing truck of his sons and they like to smoke cigars in it. And, um, so I'm telling you right now what it smelled like, um, it, fish and cigars. <laughs> oh, and it was nasty. I mean, that, it was, he was trying to help us, but the thing was nasty and was breaking down all the time. Smoke, you know, um, well, one day I'm driving back home on a, you know, stuck in traffic from a really hard landscaping job in the sun again. <laughs> and, um, and this was one of many hand-me-down cars. I mean, I'd had them for a couple months and then have to get another one because they would just completely, and then we'd have to pay to get rid of it and stuff. <clears throat> so I had about had it with this. Well, this truck, um, all you know, the lining on the top, <laughs> on the inside. <laughs> have you ever had a car, an old car, where the lining is like now down around your head? So you're, it's like a giant hat. You're wearing it as you're driving down the street. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and this lining was like that. And, um, and so I'm driving down the freeway. That It's giving threats of stopping again. I'm like, dang, dang it, dang it. Just please make it home. This lining is on my head. Um, and all of a sudden the car just boom and it just stops right in the middle of the freeway traffic hour people are now honking at me flipping me off as they're going by i'm like i can't help it and have if you've ever been in that that is the most stressful moment because you can't help it but you're inconveniencing everybody and that's all they care about i got so mad that that it's almost like you know your whole life flashes before you when you go to heaven but this uh, every negative thing was flashing before me right there and every, every crappy car we had was flashing in front of my eyes. And it came to this one just moment. And I, I looked up at that um, netting stuff on my head. And I went, I roared. But it wasn't a holy roar. And I grabbed it and I went, Aah! And it ripped from the front of the truck all the way to the back. 
And I had a fresh cup of coffee there. I love coffee. Um, and this brown stuff just showered down on me in my coffee, all over my head, all over my eyelashes, in my ears. <laughs> and I, then I did the whole total brat crying, like, what is me thing. And then Holy Spirit speaks to my heart again. And he said, when you have a fit of rage and offense, the stuff's going to fall, Todd. You could translate however you like. I don't know how he exactly speaks, but he's, I heard it in my current language at the moment. So, (laughs) which made me laugh. It made me laugh. I mean, I heard him say that so clearly that I started laughing and I went, God, I am so ridiculous. So ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, so I, you know, I just thank God for the car and it started, <laughs> you know, and I think the week after it blew up and we had to get rid of it. But, um, and you know, I mean, this past couple of years I've been driving a, a new, newer car and, and, um, Karina has, you know, has a car we've already paid off. And, um, so that, <laughs> that was new for us. And, you know, by the way, if any of you husbands have ever been in this situation, you also add, I'm such a loser. Husband, I should be making more money than this. And, and you know, then you're offended with yourself. And, and you can, it's hard to get over that. I mean, it's just hard to get over that. Don't even be offended with yourself. You're, you're right where you should be. And by the way, let me throw this in there too. I hope this isn't too scatterbrained, but don't be offended with your age. And what you've accomplished and haven't accomplished up until your age. I can't tell you how many birthdays I just passed away like gas and didn't, um, because I didn't, (laughs) sorry, sorry. Uh, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. I, I'm used to talking to teenagers, okay? They, 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 I have a little bit more bathroom humor allowance with them. <laughs> Sorry. If you're listening to this on podcast, I apologize. I'm talking about helium. Because <laughs> um, my birthday just flew away. That, yes, yes. I turn it around. Turn it around. Turn that ship around. Uh, so, um, but wasted. Wasted these birthdays with this thought of, Oh my gosh, another birthday. Please don't give me a party. Please don't. Cause, cause I am so unaccomplished. I, you know, I should, by this time I should be making more money. I should have done this, 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 this. In the past couple of years, you know, finally I'm done with that. I mean, I, I, I've realized what a ridiculous thing that is. And there's a really cool word in the Hebrew language and in the Hebrew culture that helps get over that kind of offense about where you're at. And I just, I keep getting dry mouth. Hang on. Um, maybe I'm afraid someone's going to be offended with me. Uh, oh, thanks. <laughs> um, uh, this word is called, is moed. You ever heard of this word? Moed? 
the the Hebrews, the the Jews have this word moed. It's a cool word, not just because of what it means, but it but because it's ingrained in their lifestyle. Kind of like shalom. You know how like their greeting and every is shalom, which nothing missing, nothing broken and and there's certainly a level of peace that they walk in a lot because of the, the constantly confess shalom, you know. Well, this word moed means your appointed time. It means you are always at your appointed time. And and not only, like I said, it's, it's not just a cool word to them. It's just, moed is just a matter of fact. You know what I mean? So they're not trying to teach themselves, okay, I'm okay with where I'm at. Um, uh so many of them are so satisfied with their age. They're so happy about what age they're at because they're at their moed. And you wake up in the morning, I'm at my moed. Isn't that cool? <laughs> and when you think of it that way, you realize, oh, when I wasn't thinking about my moed, I was offended with God because he made me when he did. And he didn't do this, 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 you know, and I was offended with myself. And it, it, it really all keeps coming to offense, you know. And by the way, the real way to just get rid of offense is, is just get intimacy with God. <laughs> just intimacy with God. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know that when we went, uh, who, who was talking, I forgot who was talking about, oh, Nori, sorry, uh, being over there in that part of the country, world. Um, you know, when we went there and we went into Bethlehem and we painted the house of a Muslim family, um, they were really, really poor and, and we, we took it upon ourselves to minister to them by painting the inside of their house, pink and purple. That's what they wanted. Oh, well, um, that's what they liked. <laughs> so, um, well, there were people, um, I, I, when we even got back to the States, I met a lady who heard that we did that. And she, she treated me like I was scum of the earth because we served the house of Ishmael. You know, <laughs> you're not supposed to do that. Um, offended with me, but that family got saved. That family became Christians. If you're offended at something, you're going to pass right by the cool thing that happens. You know, you'll never even see it. You'll never even get the blessing of that. It's really sad. Um, goodness gracious. Uh, there, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go into one more area of this. Um, but I want to bring up a couple people first. Ka uh, Catherine, formerly known as Cat. <laughs> She's now. Lady Catherine uh, has a cool testimony to share about this. This is Kat. She's awesome. So um, Todd had asked me just to share a quick testimony. Um, most of you know I've had just communication problems and just problems with my mom and um I went on a family trip, and you guys all know how those go if you have problems with your family. Um, so in January, I was really offended because in, in 
different parts of Asian culture, they don't want to look like they're complimenting their child in front of people because they don't want to sound proud. So they overcompensate and they put people down. And so um, I came back in January and I was really hurt by my mom. And um, I didn't know what to do. And I knew that being in this culture, like the Blazing Fire values, they don't leave you when you go to the workplace, they don't leave you. They're just ingrained in you. And I knew that I couldn't hold on to a fence and I was really hurt. And so, um, I, I had asked the Lord like, okay, I can forgive her. I can forgive her, but how can I love her? Cause she's really hurt me. And, and it's too painful cause I'm afraid that she's going to hurt me again. If I even try anything. And, and the Lord just says, you have a lot of love to give. And like, he didn't even answer me. He just says, you have a lot of love to give. And when he said that, I saw um, this picture of, of all of your faces, just all the people that had loved me um, ever since I came to this church and, and really loved me to the place of, of wholeness and, and through Sozo and everything. And, um, and so I said, okay, I have a lot of love to give, but, you know, Holy Spirit, you're going to have to heal me as if, she never offended me or ever hurt my feelings. And that was back in January. And, and I had put on the list of um, things that I wanted justice for. And one of the things that I had wanted was that um, justice that the enemy had come between my mom and me because we used to be really close. Um, and so flash forward to last week, um, about a month or a month ago, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And so the roles had flipped. Um, most, most of you know that I had breast cancer in 2007 and, and she took care of me. And so the roles had changed. And so she had a biopsy last Tuesday, or I'm sorry, she had a lumpectomy last Tuesday. So Monday night I wanted to pray for her healing. And, um, I went and I prayed for her. And since January till, um, now I had been intentional about kind of just, doing what I would do if I were coming here, I would give her a hug and I would kind of act the way we, we all act when, when we see each other, we, we say things about each other, like, Hey, you're awesome. Or just that's kind of our culture. And so I would just do that even though she was my mom and I, I still had that wall up or whatever. And, um, I prayed for my mom's healing and before I could even pray, it was really weird. Um, I just felt like I was like, you know what? I'm going to tell my mom that, I totally forgive her for everything that she's ever done. And I never wanted to do that because I was always afraid that I would start crying and, and there would be this really uncomfortable situation where both of us would be crying. And not that that would be a bad thing, but it was, would make me uncomfortable. So I just said, you know what, Mom, I want to let you know that I forgive you for everything. And and so if if I can forgive you, that means you don't have to beat yourself up anymore. And she just started crying. And part of me wonders if that was part of the reason why um, cancer had manifested in her body is because she had a lot of regrets with the way she had raised me. But she never told me that. She told my family when we went on this trip in December, but I wasn't present. So she was showing me a different face. But when um, when she had um, allowed me to pray for her, I did the Sozo thing. I said, Mom, I want you to declare this. And I, and I was like... If I can forgive you, if Catherine can forgive me, then I can forgive myself. And that actually just released something in the spirit where she just cried. And she she had tried to be really strong because, of you know, just fighting cancer, you have to be strong. But something happened between the two of us where there wasn't this weird barrier anymore. 
that, that she was okay to be weak. It was okay that she had made mistakes and it was okay that, that I had made mistakes in the way I had responded to her. Um, so a lot of things just happened. And the good news is too, the next day, the surgery, she doesn't have to have any more surgery. It was a really small tumor and all she's going to have is radiation. Um, and it's not like, it's not in the lymph nodes, but, um, all this to say that I had not realized that the Holy Spirit really had healed me because I, it was kind of like this, oh, I think I'll just tell my mom I forgive her. It wasn't like a big deal where I was really trying so hard because the Holy Spirit, through all of your love and just really treating me like I was a daughter and I was somebody, I was your sister. And, and some of you that are spiritual parents, you treated me like I was part of my Heavenly Father's family. And that's actually what just kind of segued into me just forgiving my mom and it was really easy it wasn't like this hard thing that I had prayed I didn't even pray for it I just wanted to pray for her healing and what happened was God really just slipped that right on there just kind of went under the radar and it was no big deal to him so I just want to bless you and just just remind you that yeah that that we are really looking like family and my mom recognizes it she thought I was going to a cult on Saturdays so um, you are looking like like the family that God wants us to have so thank you <laughs> Here's a quote that um, I th- I'm not sure who Karina texted me this quote today. Danny Silk. Okay, she texted it to me uh, not from the same house. I was not at the house when she texted it to me. <laughs> Though we have done that before. <laughs> have you guys ever done that before? Text the people that are in your house. Hey, can you come over here and you know whatever. <laughs> Oh, what a society. <laughs> um, uh, it, this quote said, Being easily offended is neither a spiritual gift nor a fruit of the Spirit. It's a symptom of immature love. <laughs> it's true. Um, being easily offended is neither a spiritual gift nor a, a fruit of the Spirit. It is a symptom of immature love. That's true. And if that's offensive, then you may want to think about why, you know? <laughs> this offense thing is like many layered, really. I mean, you, you could just say something like that and that could really be offensive to somebody. But get over it. Um, <laughs> uh, this is a note I just wrote to myself too. When you're, when you're offended, it eats away at your joy doesn't let it function. When the joy doesn't function, you're not so strong because the joy of the Lord. (laughs) So we're actually making ourselves a little weaker, you know, when we're hoping to be stronger, you know, and if you do try to be stronger in that, then it's actually controlling. Oh, (laughs) say it again. Uh, if if you're if you're allowing your joy to be eaten away or waned because you're offended, um, then certainly your strength does a level of strength goes away. But you still want to be strong. Of course we do. So when you still try to be strong, and that's going on, then it just becomes control. You know, forced favor <laughs> or forced strength and control, um, which is another two-headed monster thing. You know. Um, 
You guys ever read the Narnia books? Yeah? Are you familiar with The Last Battle? Check this out. Uh, C.S. Lewis, man, he's, he's got so many, so many stories within these stories, you know, for us. I mean, so many um, parallels with the Christian life. Uh, in this last battle at the very end, um, Narnia comes to an end. There's a group of dwarves that are offended with everybody. They're offended with Aslan, and they're offended with um, the enemy of Aslan. And if you're totally unfamiliar with these, Aslan is like the Jesus type character in here. Um, th- so they're just offended. But it's it's like the book of Revelation, this last book. It, and Narnia comes to an end. And to get to the next Narnia, you go through this little stable. Um, just a little, dirty little stable. And uh, and so things have come to an end. Um, see, I, I, I was going to mark exactly where this was, but this is somebody's grandmother's original book. It says 99 cents on it 95 cents <laughs> so i don't want to mark anything <laughs> um to find out where i was but um i think i found it so these so these dwarves are um have actually gone through the stable but they're still offended uh and so every, everyone else is standing around they're starting to eat all this beautiful fruit this tasty fruits that's there. They're looking around at the new colors because they're in this new Narnia now, you know, and, um, everybody's enjoying it. They're feeling awesome. Uh, but then, um, somebody says, uh, let's see. Oh, after that said Edmund, um, came about, uh, uh, they're talking about people going through the stable and they say came a dozen dwarves and, and Jill and Eustace and, uh, at, uh, okay, never mind. Um, yada, yada, yada. Uh, don't be horrid. Okay. They're wondering where these dwarves were. And, um, and Lucy said, don't be horrid. They're still in there. In fact, um, you can see them from here. And I've tried and tried to make friends with them, but it's no use. Friends with them, cried Eustace. If you knew how those dwarves have been behaving. Oh, stop it, Eustace, um, said Lucy. Do come and see them. The king, uh, perhaps, uh, or King Trinian, you you perhaps could come along with us. I can feel uh, no great love for dwarves today, said Trinian the king. Um, yet you are asking, lady, so, that, so I will probably go. Pardon me, my reading is a little choppy. but um, So they went over to the dwarves to find out what's going on with them. Um, and they were, they were acting like there were cords wrapped around them. Um, and it says, although the cords, which they had been tied seemed to have vanished, nor were they lying down, uh, having rest. They were sitting very close in a little circle facing one another. They never looked around or took any notice of the humans till Lucy and Trinian, uh, Tyrion, Tyrion, uh, were, almost near enough to touch them. Then the dwarves all cocked their heads as, as if they couldn't see anyone, but were listening hard and trying to guess by the sound what was happening. Look out, said one of them in a surly voice. Mind what you're doing. Don't walk into our faces. All right, said Eustace indignantly. We're not blind. We've got our eyes on our heads. Um, they must be darn good ones if you could see in the dark here. This goes on and on and on. 
to where they're they're realizing the dwarves think they're still in the little hut, the little shed in the dark, but they're being offered all this food. Later on, Aslan places this banquet in front of them, but they never see it because they're offended. They still think they're in that dark little place. So everybody else keeps running and goes into the new Narnia that becomes even a newer Narnia. The, the chapter's called further up and further in, you know, there and, um, uh, but these dwarves just remain in this place where they couldn't see that they were actually in the new Narnia. And I remember reading that a long time ago thinking, wow, that's like me when I'm getting offended. I can't, you know, like being up in the tree. I can't see that I'm actually in this beautiful place alone with God. Um, I want to give you another break from my voice and bring up uh, one of our youth leaders, Justin. Huh? You ready? He... <laughs> He, um, he is awesome. He, and, and, um, life is a challenge for him at the moment, you know, with just with work and just different things and the passions of his heart, as opposed to what he's got to do every day and all that kind of thing. And, um, but he just, he was getting some cool revelation on this whole subject and he texted me the other day and he didn't even know I was going to talk about this. I said, can you share just a little bit? So here's Justin. Hey guys. Um, I didn't know if, what exactly was going on, if, if I was going to get a moment just to share. But um, thank you for that testimony, Kat. That was amazing. That really, really spoke to me a lot. Um, and I was just over there just kind of getting some things just kind of similar to what Todd and I had talked about. We just shared a text, just one text, and that was the only thing that I knew about the subject matter he was going to cover just on offense. But, um, and I think the text was something to the extent what I would had happen, and the really, the incredible thing about it, and maybe maybe the part of it that's the most difficult for us to grasp sometimes, is that regardless of the level of offense, it's all really similar. It's all really subjective to the person who's actually going through it and living it. So what could be really offensive to one person could really not be that big of a deal to somebody else. But um, the Lord has shown me something with uh, just some interaction with family, you know, and, and sometimes family will get you there quicker than anybody else. I mean, they're around you all the time. They know they know you. They know you maybe better than you know yourself in some ways. And so my cousin came up and he said something and uh I knew he was trying to get a rise out of me. And it was just this, you know, he he just knows what to say. And uh he said something and I just felt just inside of me it was just really like slow motion almost. I, you know, you just start to feel, start to get that, that offense, just to, just to bubble up just a little bit, just to start to, to boil. First it's just simmering, and then it's kind of starting to boil, and then it's just getting a little more, a little more. And I was just about ready to say something. I was just about ready to tell him what I really thought about what he had to, you know, what he had to say. Just put him in check and... You know, it's good to do that, right? And you, you justify it. Well, it's like, well, he needs to know what he's doing is wrong. And if someone doesn't tell him, then who will? You know, if I don't tell him, then who will, right? It's like you, you justify it, you know, in a moment. And um, right then, I just heard the Lord say, um, and it was amazing how slow it was happening, because usually sometimes it can just be like that, you know, and you just say something. But the Lord said, what does, what does, uh, what he just said, what does that have to do with your vision for your life 
at all. <laughs> and it was like nothing. And I was just sitting thinking about that. And he's like, well, what's more important to you? And I just thought, <laughs> you know, that is a no-brainer for me. You know, and I mean, exactly like what Todd's talking about. Just, it's amazing listening to his stories because my stories are really similar. I mean, I've, I've, we've, you know, I've, I've got some, some history with this now. I mean, there's nothing else now that's more important. You know, maybe in the early stages, you're, whatever, you're, you're learning, you're growing. But now it's like, there's no, there's no turning back. Like, there's no, there's no question in my heart what's more important. And when he said that, um, I was just, wow, Okay. And uh, he said, yeah, you don't even need to respond to what he's saying right now. You know, just let it go. Just let it go. Just let it go. And, um, you know, immediately you think, well, if I don't respond, then maybe that's some kind of form of, of weakness or something. And there's definitely situations where we do need to respond in love, right? And, and he gives us the wisdom. He gives us the grace to be able to, to respond to that. But uh, in this situation, he's like, no, you just don't even need to respond and and uh, it was just really empowering. And I just sent that text to Todd. I was just saying, you know, um, just something to the extent of just our vision for our life is so much more important than the small offense that people will try to get us wrapped up in. And, and even in ignorance, you know, I mean, he's he's just, he's just, you know, he's just being himself. And he didn't really know what he was doing. But it's all really even how I respond, if I'm not in Jordan ministering to kids or, you know, even if I'm not praying for my mom and she's on, you know, her deathbed, um, everything that we do in life is connected with our vision. It's all, it's all wrapped up and, and there's just so many um, tests and, and, and promotions that he's disguised in seemingly insignificant situations where it's just like, you know, it's just, just no big deal for me to flip out on my cousin right now. Like, you know, he's just, he's just straight up wrong, you know, but it is a big deal. And, and, uh, he gives us a grace to be able to handle it. But the, uh, the, um, the thing I was just thinking on was just more about just even, even when we find ourselves in financial difficulties, like what Todd's talking about, and I've been there, or we find ourselves looking at circumstances where maybe we're not seeing the healing that we really need or whatever it is. Um, Staring at the face of that, there's this place that exists where just reading about Peter and John about in Acts, I mean, you know, and just the Lord just take me back to that passage where they were beaten and they left rejoicing that they were considered worthy to suffer, it says, the shame for his name, that they were considered worthy. And, you know, we can talk about problems and we can all share horror stories or whatever, but I don't know anyone, you know, that's the thing about the word is it just takes it right up to, you know, I don't know anyone yet that's been beaten for his name and rejoiced after it. It's like, you know, what kind of problems do I have? And then it's like, oh, wow, yeah, I haven't anything close to that. But, um and just talking about where even Joseph, one of my favorite passages, it's in uh, Genesis 40, where Joseph is, he greets the cupbearer and the baker, and they're in prison in this dungeon. And he walks up to them in the morning, and he says, why are you sad? Why are you sad today? And just that comment right there, wh- where is he living? Because it's like, wh- why are we sad? You know, it's like, well, 
um, dungeon. You know, this isn't like, oh, no cable TV or I lost my remote or the pool table's filled up or I can't get the weight room right now. It's like there's other guys, there's a line. This is dungeon. I mean, why are you not sad? You know, I mean, you got to be thinking they're thinking that. And he's literally not, he's there, but he's not there. He's in the world, but he is not of the world. He's not in that place. And you just, you realize, and to me, that place is in his presence. That place is the kingdom of God. That is walking in the spirit. Where we're literally just so in tune, so in line with him. And the thing that gets us out of that place, which I think is just one of the most precious um, it's such an honor to even be able to enter into a place now, the way I look at it now, it's like it's an honor, where everything around me just looks so messed up, but I'm joyful in the midst of it. And I'm just, I'm just fully content, fully satisfied in the midst of complete chaos. And the number one thing that's going to try and shift us out of that is offense, I believe. And um, when you're so wrapped up in the vision when you just you just think about where it says God has given us exceedingly great and precious promises. Exceedingly great and precious promises. What what am I going to uh in that moment when that offense comes up, what am I going to trust in? Just exactly like what Lonnie was sharing last week. What am I what am I going to trust in in that moment when it comes up? I have to trust in his goodness. I have to trust that he is going to work all things together for my good and um, just choose not to be offended. So, yeah, that's what I had. So, yeah. (laughs) Just a couple quick things and I'll I'll wrap this up. You know, um, you ever hear... Uh, how the singers sing at the house of prayer when they're doing spontaneous singing down the line, or, um, we do it here sometimes where, um, you know, one singer is singing a part or a spontaneous phrase from what's being prayed or something out of the Bible. We do worship with the word here once in a while, you know, with somebody reads the Bible and then the singer starts singing it. Um, if, uh, it's an interesting little example here that um, I have a bunch of these tracks of people doing this and it is beautiful and it sounds like they practice this, but there's no possible way, you know, but it just sounds like this beautiful music um, because the, uh, I mean, part of it is because they're, they, they kind of cut into each other. Like one person singing, open my eyes that I can see you. And the next person's right on it. Like, practically cutting off the last word of the person right in front of them um, and adding something. And it's this waterfall. It's beautiful. It always is. If they were offended that they're cutting into each other's phrase, like, excuse me, wait, it wouldn't be pretty anymore. It's called antiphonal singing. And it's, and it's called that because it's all, it's without offense. You just, you're just all going together, you know? And this, no matter what way you look at this, it, it's just something to get rid of. And I, I, I want to go back to what I said at the very beginning. I have such a vision and such a belief in my heart that there actually can be a community of people, like an entire community of people that do get over being offended. 
And let's say that starts to happen and there's still that are left being offended. Don't be offended at them. <laughs> Help them. You know what I mean? I just, just, just keep focusing on the, on the Lord, you know, um, I'm going to, I'm going to share really quick. Uh, I'm going to share a dream I had and it could kind of seem like this is off subject, but it's a dream I cannot get rid of ever since November. I had this dream. Um, and I believe it was for me, but I also believe so strongly that this is for the whole body of Christ. This is about intimacy with God, but, but this also can do with offense. And, um, and so I'm going to share this with you. Um, so I, I dreamt, uh, this, this is one of those dreams that you wake up and it, it's like you just watched a movie for real. You know, um, I was on a, an inner tube going down a river and, and I was just chilling out. I'm laying on my back, you know, on the inner tube and I'm just kind of stroking the water, you know, just kind of doing, didn't really have to help myself down the water, but, but just doing that. And I'm looking up at the sun, and the sun is so beautiful, shining bright. It was so life-giving to me in this dream that the sun itself was really like the rope toe pulling me down. It was like the energy pulling me down the river, you know. <clears throat> and uh, so after a while, all of a sudden, this, this little boat comes up on the side of me, um, and it's filled with these enormous people, but I mean like, like caricature you know, like light bulb shaped, like, you know, when you get caricature done, like just over, um, puffed up people and, um, and, uh, and they barely fit on this boat. Their little boat had black oil coming out the back and puffs of smoke coming out the back, you know, and they started taunting me and saying, you are working too hard. We're going to get their way in front of you because we have a motor and you don't. And, um, I started feeling anxiety, you know, like, oh, maybe I was offended and, and also maybe I should get a motor. Um, except that their, their motor was going and they would fall behind and they would work to get ahead of me. And then they would tease me again and they were doing, it was like a school kid taunting, you know? So I started feeling all this strife. Um, then on my left side, uh, this, this dark gray raft pulls up and it's filled with all these really gangly people. And, um, they started yelling at me too. It wasn't, it wasn't the taunting like school kids, but they were just looking at me and they were saying, you're not doing nearly enough. We're going to get way ahead of you. You know, we're going to get there first. Well, and that's all they said. But as soon as they said that I got into panic mode, started looking around for a motor to put on my little inner tube, <laughs> um, and couldn't find one obviously. And, uh, or of course it was a dream. Maybe so, but <laughs> nevertheless, there wasn't one. Um, so I decide, okay, I'm going to get on my stomach and I got on my stomach and started trying to get ahead of everybody, you know? Um, and this was all out of, uh, offense and trying to, trying to do what everybody else thinks, you know? Um, the rapids were hitting me in the face. The rocks were scraping my stomach and it was total strife. And somehow I knew that there were dark clouds now. It wasn't sunny anymore, you know? Um, but after a while of this, I, it came to my head, wait a minute, everything was fine when I was just following the sun, <laughs> you know? So I got back on my, uh, my backyard and, um, on the raft and, um, and, uh, just got back in that position, looked up at the sun and, 
just like the clouds just went away. I started floating down the river again. And all these folks on the side were still there and they were still talking, except I couldn't hear them anymore. They were just going on and on. And, um, and then later on, I, I realized I hadn't seen them and I looked back and they'd all crashed into rocks and branches. And I woke up. Well, Obviously and clearly to me, this dream is about just stay focused on Jesus. Stay focused on Jesus. There's going to be so many voices. Now, you, you could think what you want about whoever's in this boat and whoever's in that boat. Part of, uh, one of the first thoughts I had was world systems over in this boat and knowledge is puffed up. You know, because um, the world does tell us a lot of the opposite thing of what we're supposed to do. You know, it's our kingdom is the inside, upside down, sideways. What do you call it? Inside, outside, upside down kingdom. Hey. Um, <laughs> uh, and so, you know, I thought of world systems over here and, and knowledge is puffed up. That's why they were like, you know, um, and. And I, I don't even know who that was, but just, just different voices telling you things, you know. And um, this ministered to me so much because uh, because life is like that. You know, do I go this way? Do I go this way? But these people, uh, and, um, and God's like, just focus on me. You're going to get down the river just no matter what everyone else is doing. And they're all, and the reason they crashed is because they were looking at me. They weren't looking at the pathway or at the sun. They were looking at me trying to point out what I'm doing wrong in their eyes, you know? Um, so I shared this dream right away. I was like, wow, this is going to bless people. And it was, but one person got offended by that dream. And, um, I never expected that in a million years. And the, the reasons I, I never would have thought of, but they were, well, that got me, you know, I, I stopped sharing it. And, um, and I, I got offended. I was like, How could you be offended with it? And, um, and I got, I got stirred up inside and, you know, just so like, how, 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 you know, that whole injustice thing. And, and God's like, Hey, it's just like your dream, huh? <laughs> like, wow. That's where I was seeing, this is so multi-layered, this offense thing. You know, you could be offended that someone else is offended and you're not. Therefore you're offended, you know? The answer to all of this is focus on the sun. Focus on the sun. He's got the energy. He's got the purity. He's got the power. He is inside of us. <laughs> um, you know, we actually don't have to reach out to grab him. He's right here, you know. So if we're looking over there and looking over there, it's kind of crazy because we got, <laughs> we're one with Christ. We've got him right here. The answer is right here which we forget a lot of the times, which brings me to where, you know, I like to often say, we just allow our mind to descend into our heart where he is and just be right in front of him all the time, you know, and we just cannot go wrong. We can't. Every message I ever preach will go right back to intimacy with God. <laughs> it has to, it has to, because otherwise we're going to lose our way for real. Anyway, I just want to challenge us on this subject, you know, maybe, maybe something stuck in your heart a little bit more than normal about this subject. And you're thinking, man, I, I want to be free from offense. <laughs> I want to see what blooms if I'm away from this, you know, and, and we can do it. We really, really can, you know.
if I were to come up here and be as blunt as I can be at times, um, or as Chris Valentin can be at times, you know, then I would say, get over it, <laughs> grow up, you know? Um, but I would be talking to myself, you know, I, I mean that, that basically wraps it all up. I mean, we, we all need to get over it, grow up. And the way we grow up is focus on the sun, you know, plain and simple. It's not an insult. It's just what we all need to do, you know? So, um, can, can I, I just want to pray over you guys and, um, and maybe you could punch on some music, Matt, the, the whatever CD we had before and, um, and like it. Did you have a team? Uh, you could bring them on up and I just want to pray over you guys. My heart, I hope you get it. I, my heart is really just, I love this community and I love people and I love what God can do <laughs> in us. You know what I mean? And, um, and most of the time when people give a message, it's they're, they're preaching from something they're going through or experiencing themselves really, you know? And, um, and, and so we're all family. We're right, right here together. Uh, I wanted to talk about this too, because we are talking about family dynamics and like Justin said, and like Kat was talking about, <laughs> and like, I think most of us have probably experienced, yes, with our natural family, there's probably been lots of opportunity <laughs> for maybe an excessive amount of, um, offense. Well, here we are talking about being family here. We're going to get to know each other more. We're going to have more into me. You see. And we got to be okay with this and, and love each other, even though somebody over there is different than me. You know what I mean? It's going to happen. There's people different than you. Did you know that? There's people all over this room that are thinking thoughts in a different way than you do. You know what I mean? And have a real different way they express the relationship with God than you do. So we honor each other and we just go, Bless you in that. Bless you. Bless you. And maybe even receive something from what, how they're, what they're learning. That's what's called humility. And God loves it. He loves humility. Jesus was exceedingly uh, humble, powerful and humble. And that's, that's us. Yeah. Sweet. So I want to pray over you guys. Uh, Holy spirit. You're so awesome and fun and sweet and kind and strong and we love you and you're totally other than and you have revelation beyond anything we've any of us even any of us who have great revelation have seen before you have so much more that we haven't even thought of yet we want to be linked up with you the one who doesn't get offended and we just throw ourselves into you we recognize that you're in us already and we tap into it on purpose the one who's not offended. We love you, Jesus. And Blazing Fire Church, together, and anyone listening through the podcast, we just commit to you, God, to offer up to you our offense. You who knew no sin took our sin. And even though we are dead to sin now, we still have opportunities to give you offense. And we thank you for taking it, God. We, we do. We commit it to you. We just declare in this room right now that everyone around us is somebody that you made out of love, 
by your breath to contain your breath. And some of that is for us to hear. (laughs) So help us, help us in loving each other, God, help us, help us in growing up, help us in maturity, God. Um, and I, I ask God for wisdom and revelation all over this room and Holy spirit, you'd fill us up over and over again, that we would be being filled all the time (laughs) to overflowing. You said that we can have your fullness and you also said there's no way that we can come to your end. So that can offend us right there. But instead we just say, that means you're really big. We love you. (laughs) We throw ourselves into you, God. We love you. We love you. We love you. And we thank you. Grateful hearts. Grateful, thankful hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Karina has something. Yeah. I just was feeling so strong too when Todd was talking that, you know, maybe for me and maybe for other people that a lot of times offense comes when we're afraid because fear is, you know, offense is just easier than really looking at the fear. So Jesus, I ask that you would really deal with the fear in our hearts and things that we don't really quite understand, Jesus. And I just ask that you would give us a new level of understanding with, with, like Todd said, those that are different from us, those that speak different from us or just choose to act different, Lord, that you would just bring a new level of understanding and maybe even um, insight into where maybe hurts are coming from, Lord, and compassion for people. Jesus, we, we just really want you to get to the root of the issue. And, and um, so we ask God for that new connectedness with each other, with the whole body of Christ, Lord, that, that there would be a new level of connecting and, and understanding to um, just bring that unity, God, that already is there in the spirit, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so offended that she came up here and took over the microphone. <laughs> That's it. Um, can you put on some music, Matt? Bless you guys. You're, you're awesome. What, you know what? I just want to say this. Your guys are awesome. You're dazzling and you shine like crazy, by the way. Your, your, your daddy is sparkly. You know this? <laughs> I mean, he's an all-consuming fire and he shines brighter than the sun. You guys are sparkly. You really are. You're like a bubbly drink. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and I just, I praise God for all of you. I, I just want to just declare that there's so much love all over this room and that tonight you're all going to like meet somebody in this room or see something new in somebody that you didn't see before and bless it. So bless you guys. You're awesome. <laughs> Amen.